Thank you for watching today. I pray that the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on the on-demand page of walkingbyfaith.tv or on our app. We're continuing on in our Mysteries series with today's message, Mental Ascent. Our topic is healing, why some receive it and some don't. Mental Ascent means to agree with something. You know and believe that it happened or can happen, but you aren't acting on or putting your whole faith in it. This can happen a lot with healing, even the disciples. Jesus' closest friends dealt with this. Pastor is showing us how to overcome mental ascent. So simply entitled this message, Mysteries. I want to start with Deuteronomy 29 and verse 29, which says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. If you serve God long enough, there will be things that happen that you do not understand. Just that simple. If you live long enough and serve God long enough, there will be stuff happen that you do not understand. I think it's interesting that 28 times in the New Testament alone, the Bible uses the word mystery in mysteries. In other words, there's just some stuff that you don't get yet. And, and wouldn't it be a shame if we understood it all with our little peanut brain? I mean, that would, that would say there wasn't much to it. But the Bible talks about mysteries. And, and I will very bluntly say, there's just some things I don't understand. Let me give you an example. In the book of Acts, Ananias and Sapphira, they own a piece of property. They sell the property and they take the money to the church, but they keep part of it. But they tell the church that it's all of it. So they're standing before Peter. And Peter says, now, you haven't, you, you, he says, you haven't lied to men. He says, you've lied to the Holy Ghost, all right? And they drop dead. They drop dead. Now, listen, th this, this is the new covenant. This is the time of grace and mercy. This is where the, the message is, love your enemies. And God makes an executive decision, and they drop dead. Somebody says, explain that to me. Don't have a clue. Don't have a clue. There are, there are some things that we just don't understand. And here's what makes it even wilder to me, all right? They're talking to Peter. Now, Peter's the guy who a couple months before denied that he knew Jesus, lied, and cussed about it. And they're in front of Peter, and Peter says, you haven't lied to man, you lied to the Holy Ghost. They're dead. There's some stuff that I do not understand. And there's going to be some stuff that you and I do not understand. But I'm going to say this a few times because this is something that I have held on to. Don't throw away what you know to be true because of what you don't understand. Don't throw away what you know to be true because of what you do not understand. And again, if, we, if, you, if you live long enough and serving God, there will just be things you don't understand. Well, the things that, that are revealed, they belong to us and to our children, right? But the secret things belong to the Lord. There are some things we will know when we get to heaven. But the Bible says, in the meantime, we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. When we get to heaven, we're going to know it all, right? But in the meantime, we don't. There are some things that are simply mysteries. So 
like you to, if you, if you have a Bible or if you, you've got whatever device you've got and you want to follow along, Mark chapter 9, uh, it will be up here on the screen. And I want to talk to you this morning about the subject of healing. Now, this is one thing I know. If, if you pray for enough people, some of them are going to get healed. Some of them aren't. And you say, why? I don't know. I don't know. And, and it, it, the person who thinks they know, uh, they don't know everything they ought to know. Now, the Bible says we're disciples. You know what a disciple is? It's a learner. It is a learner. We're learning. We're growing. We know more today than we knew a year ago. And hopefully in a year from now, we're going to know more than we know now. But we're not going to know it all. We're disciples. We're learners. Mark chapter 9, verse 14. Now, Jesus has just come down from the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. Moses and Elijah appear, talk with Jesus. God comes by in a cloud and speaks. and says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And he came down to his disciples, the nine disciples that are down at the foot of the mountain. And he saw a great multitude around them as scribes disputing with them. And immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeting him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not, or but they could not. Nine disciples are praying for this boy, and he is not delivered. Now, what we're going to see is he's going to bring that boy to Jesus, and Jesus is going to deliver the boy. Now, the fact that the disciples were not able to bring healing or deliverance does not mean it was not the will of God. This is what I know. Jesus is perfect theology. 100% of the time, Jesus does the will of God. But the disciples, the learners, the students, the followers of Jesus, they were not able to bring deliverance. But Jesus does bring deliverance, which shows me that when I pray for somebody and they don't get healed, that doesn't mean it wasn't God's will for them to be healed. All right. Verse 19, he answered and said, O faithless generation, now how long will I be with you? How long will I bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought him to him. And when he saw him immediately, the spirit convulsed him. He fell on the ground. He wild foamed at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. For often he throws him both into the fire and the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So often we try to put everything off on God. You know, if it's God's will, it's going to happen. If it's not God's will, it's not going to happen. Now, this man tried to say, Jesus, uh, it's all up to you. And Jesus said, no, you're not putting that off on me. He said, it's not all up to me. Jesus said, if you can believe, he said, then all things are possible to him who believes. 
So Jesus was saying, it's not just what I want. He said, you need to believe. And so often we have the attitude, well, whatever God wants to happen, that's what's going to happen. And whatever happens is the will of God. That's not true. It's not true. Jesus would not let that man put everything off on him. And when Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit and saying to it, you deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. And the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast him out? Notice the disciples failed. If you pray for a lot of people, you're going to see some people get healed and some people that aren't going to get healed, right? We're learning. We're growing. I've had people that died, and I thought, you know what? I failed. Then the nine disciples, Jesus rebuked them. He rebuked them. But we're still learning. We're still growing. The Luke's gospel of the same account, he said, you faithless and perverse generation. Now, faithless basically means this. You are not connected enough to God. And when he said perverse, he was saying the exact opposite. He's saying you are way too connected to the world. But again, Jesus shows us perfect theology. The man cried out. Jesus said, if you can believe. Mark said it this way. Immediately, the, 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 the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Now, here's something that often we don't recognize is you can believe and have unbelief both at the same time. The man said, I do have faith. I do believe. But I also have unbelief. When Jesus goes to his hometown of Nazareth, Mark's gospel says this, and he marveled because of their unbelief, right? And he went about in a village teaching in the fifth verse said, and he could do no mighty work there. It doesn't say Jesus wouldn't. It says that he could not. And again, we have the, well, God could just do anything. Jesus, he's God in the flesh. He could just do anything. No, the Bible says he could not because of their unbelief. So without their cooperation, without their faith, he could not. So what often happens is we believe, in our, or we have belief here, but then we have unbelief that counterweights our belief. Andrew Womack has... Uh, been coming here to speak for 35 years. Um, he tells this story. He, he says he was holding a meeting and he had seen blind eyes open. He had seen deaf ears pop open. Uh, he had had someone raised from the dead. And, and he says, I was just like ready. He says, and there was this, per, this, this guy in a wheelchair. And he says, I was so excited. He said, I about leaped off the platform, got down to him. I rebuked everything. I prayed. And he says, I pulled him up. And he fell flat. He said, and when he did, he said, it, it was just like, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to get sued. You know? well, this is terrible. This is terrible. He says, I, I, I got down, you know, I, I said, I'm sorry. I, I picked him up and I, I 
put him back in the wheelchair and apologize and says, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, God bless you. He says, and when he was considering it later, he said what came to his mind was a similar story with Smith Wigglesworth. Now, some of you will know about Smith. Smith was a great healing evangelist in the, mainly the first half of the 20th century. But Smith Wigglesworth had literally revival in every inhabitant continent. And his, his normal modus operandi would be when he would start a meeting and get up. He would say, the first person to get up here will be healed. Well, he went to a new town and the people knew what was going to happen. So two ladies got their friend. Now their friend had a huge tumor, huge. And she couldn't walk, but they sat in the front row. And he no more than said the first, and they, they're up and they're, they're on their way. So they get up on the platform and they're on one side and they're holding her up. And Smith Wigglesworth, what's wrong with her? Well, she has a tumor and, and she can't walk. He says, let her go. And I said, no, she can't, she, you don't understand, she can't walk. She can't even hold herself up. I said, let her go. They let her go. Wham! She falls flat. Pick her up. They pick her up. And he says, now, let her go. He says, no, we can't let her go. She can't walk. She can't stand. He said, I said, let her go. They let her go. Bam. She falls flat. Everybody in the, the congregation went, <gasps> one man, you brute. Wigglesworth says, shut up. He said, I know my business. He said, now pick her up. They pick her up. He says, now let her go. They let her go. Tumor fell off and she walked away. Now, this is, this is what Andrew said. He said, I had faith, but I had some unbelief. And the unbelief showed up when I didn't see it immediately. He says, Wigglesworth, he didn't have any unbelief. When, when, when she fell down, he's like, doesn't matter to me. I'm not, I'm not there yet. How about you? <laughs> but the unbelief so often counterweights our faith. He said, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Help thou my unbelief. Um, Moses sends the 12 spies into the promised land. They pass through the land for 40 days. They come back, they give the report. 10 of the spies stand up and said, the land is just like God said. It flows with milk and honey. But there are seven nations, there's giants, there's walled cities, and we are not able to go in. Two stood up and said, let us go in at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome. Now, they all saw with their eyes the exact same thing. But the reports were different. Because the truth is, we see through our eyes, but we see with our heart. Two were full of faith. God had said, I've given you the land. Two said, let us go up at once, for we are well able to overcome. But God's with us. But 10 said, we can't. Now, the interesting thing is that 2 million people believe the 10. The 10 and the 2 million all died in the wilderness. 
But the two who said, let us go up at once and take possession, they went in and took possession. So here's what I know. God makes promises to us that not everybody grabs hold of. Right? In the New Testament, it talks about whosoever will, basically meaning anybody could, most won't, but somebody will. Somebody will. We had the chance once again to sit down with Pastor and ask him to go a little deeper on the topic of healing and how to overcome our mental ascent. We're right in the middle <laughs> of your message on mysteries. Mm -hmm. And uh, love the title, love the topic. Uh, so many things in the Bible as a Christian, you think you got to understand it all. You know, you got to have it oh, down. Yeah. And, and it's really been helpful to hear that there are some things that we're not meant to understand because we're not God. Our brains are not large enough to consume any of that. Uh, talk a little bit about, does Satan use someone who doesn't get healed? You're believing for healing. You know what the word says. Yeah. And then somebody doesn't get healed. Do you believe that Satan uses that to try to come and steal your faith oh. for the next time you're believing? For healing? I absolutely believe that that's true. Even the apostles, uh, I think it's in Acts 4, it's in Acts 4 or 5, but uh, they pray and they say, God, they said, grant that we can preach your word with all boldness by stretching forth your hand to do signs, wonders, miracles, right? So they're saying for us to be bold, we need you to do the supernatural. There's got to be the healing. There's got to be the signs. There's got to be the wonders. And uh, when we pray for somebody and they die, especially it's somebody that we know, um, somebody that, that is, we consider to be a, a great Christian, and they die, um, the devil is definitely going to take. Well, if you pray for them and they die, how's mm -hmm. this going to look? Right. And, you know, you prayed for that person and they died. And so... What makes you think this is going to be any different? The devil is definitely going to attack our minds. That's why, again, that, the, the man who came to Jesus with his, his epileptic son and said, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Um, the problem usually is not faith. The problem is usually unbelief. Right? We have the faith, but we've got the unbelief, and we're, we're looking at the natural things. Mm. What if it doesn't happen? What happened in the past? And... Absolutely, I believe that the devil will use that to try to keep us from, out of the place of faith and bring unbelief into our hearts. Yeah, when we try to live not by faith but by evidence, mm -hmm. we, you, you always talk about, you know, there are those people who are vulnerable. The Bible says that the enemy goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Mm -hmm. And those living by experience where they're saying, I can have faith because my Uncle Larry got yeah. healed. That's, that's a dangerous way to live. Mm -hmm. We have to live by faith by what the Bible says, by yeah. what the Word says. And I love what you were saying. You, you had a little statement about, um, first of all, you said, there are, there are things I don't understand. Yes. I've been sitting under your teaching for 30 years, and that kind of puts me back in my seat. <laughs> it's like, well, if he don't understand, then, then, I, then I feel but, better about the things yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. What you said in the message, don't throw away what you know mm -hmm. to be true. Mm -hmm. The word. Yep. 
because of something that you don't understand. Un yeah. Unpack that a little bit. Well, it says in, in 1 Corinthians that now we see through a glass darkly, mm. but then face to face. So there are some things that we will not totally grasp yet. Right? Now, that doesn't mean that we don't pursue. I, I, I love how it, it, it's over here in Peter. Uh, I'm not even sure if it's second or first Peter. Here it is. It says, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Right? In other words, we're going to receive a walk in the redemption that Jesus paid for as we understand it. And we can say it this way, faith is largely dependent on knowledge. And so what we're ignorant of, we aren't going to receive. So he says that that divine power comes to us through the knowledge of him. Hmm. So we need to know what it is that Jesus did for us. Right? So. When we say that there's mysteries, and there are, there's things we don't understand, that doesn't mean we just say, well, I can't understand the Bible. Right. No, okay. Right. We, need, we need to read the Word of God, meditate on the Word of God, meditate in the Word of God, and pray and say, Holy Spirit, reveal this to us. Because it's through the knowledge of Him, all right, that we're going to be able to live in the light of redemption or receive what Jesus purchased for us in redemption. You, you said um, there are people who believe in healing. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. But they may not believe for. for healing. Yes. How can you believe in something if you don't believe for it? Oh, that's so easy. Uh, we could go to any major city in America and, and find a, a very rundown portion of the city and find somebody there who's living on the street, who's an alcoholic or a drug addict, and say, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Yes. Do you believe he was born in Bethlehem? Yes. Do you believe he died on the cross? Yes. Do you believe he rose again? Yes. They believe all of the right things, but they're not applying it in their life. They mm -hmm. haven't received what they believe. So, um, John Wesley called it mental ascent. He said, mentally, you know that it's true, but you're not living it, right? You're not exercising your faith for it. Okay. 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 So, the, so just like you can know all the things you need to know for salvation, but yet not be living it, not exercising your faith, not receiving. And the same thing is true when it comes to healing, you can read your Bible and say, he, Psalms 103, he forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. You can say, I believe that. Exodus 15, his name is the Lord who heals you. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, Matthew 8, he himself bore our sicknesses, carried our diseases, and by his stripes healing was purchased for us. I believe that. We believe all those scriptures, but we're not pursuing it. Mm. Okay, um, you know the Bible says you fight the good fight of faith, and it's you, you cannot be passive and and, and receive from God. If we're, well, we have it, it's not that God's holding back, but we have an enemy, all right, uh, and, and he wants to steal every blessing that he can. 
Jesus said he comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And so our faith has to be, it, it can't be passive, it has to be active. We're, we are pursuing. Um, we are believing. We are resisting, you know, the enemy. And so faith has to be active. I've heard you say before that faith starts and it moves your mouth. Oh, yeah. And so believing in and believing for is part of the evidence of that, how you speak. How you speak and, and the things that you do, absolutely. So, I mean, you, you say, I'm believing for a healing, but then your speech says oh, you're sick. Yeah. Many, many years ago, um, I was uh, asked to visit a man in a hospital, and, 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 and I went, and he, he had cancer. And uh, I had been asked to come and pray for him to be healed. And I got there, and I said, you know, I've, come, I've, I've read some scriptures, and I had a little bottle of oil. I was going to anoint him with oil, like the Bible teaches in James chapter 5. And uh, as I'm getting out my oil, he's now pastor. He says, now, when I pass away next week, he says, uh, at the funeral, I want you to sing this song and this song and this song. And would you read Psalms 23? And, and he's telling me everything that we're going to do at his funeral next week. Oh, okay. <laughs> Perfect. That really explains it. So, so was he believe, he believed in healing, but he wasn't believing for it. He healing. was believing for death. He was believing he was going to die. Right? So and, the, and the evidence what was coming out of his mouth. So what was coming out of his mouth was evidence of what he had in his heart yes. and in his mind. Mm -hmm. And what he was projecting and what he was seeing mm -hmm. was not healing. It was not. Out of he the was, abundance he of was, the mouth? He was seeing the attack on his body yeah. or whatever it was yeah. as uh, having victory. And instead of speaking about healing, so the person who says, I'm, I'm waiting for my healing, that is different than saying, I've already received because the Bible tells yeah. me. Yes. And I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to speak that I'm healed, I'm whole, mm -hmm. that I'm not broken, that this isn't mm -hmm. wrong with me, yeah. that God is working in my body, and I'm just, yep. I'm just waiting for that evidence to come. Absolutely. So what do you say um, to someone? We're going to be a, 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 held accountable for our actions, right? Yes. In our decisions. And, you know, with dementia, mm -hmm. when your, your mind has diminished capacity and it just isn't working right, I know that their person, people's personalities can change. Yes. Uh, they can be mean and say really harmful things and do harmful things. Are, are they going to be held accountable? To that? Does that impact their salvation at all? Okay. Well, first, I just want to say that Jeannie and I are confessing that when we get old, we're going to get sweeter. Oh, okay. okay. However, um, just, just like a young child does not really understand what they're doing, and they're not accountable for what they do, in the same way, sometimes when people get old, they don't really know what they're doing, mm. right? And they're not accountable for those things. Those things are not, when, when a, a two-year-old breaks something, you, you don't like, well, you should have known that, you know, you don't. And, and there are times when people, as they get old, they, they lose their mental capacity. And uh, those things are in no way going to be held against them. You know, clearly our minds cannot understand everything that the Lord does. And this has been a helpful conversation to kind of unpack right. that a little bit. Well, thank you so much. It's been great to be with you. And everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. And God bless you. We love you. Now, we've been talking about mysteries, and there are going to be things that happen in this life that you and I do not understand, and we won't understand until we get to heaven. 
But something that should not be a mystery is whether you're right with God, whether you're on your way to heaven. I've asked people, are you a Christian? And they say, well, I'm trying to be. And I say, "Uh, do you know where you're going to go when you die? And they say, well, I hope, I hope I'm going to go to heaven. But the Bible says, we have written these things to you that you may know that you have everlasting life. You see, you and I should know that we've got everlasting life, that we're forgiven, that we're right with God, and we're on our way to heaven. In fact, if we don't know for sure, we're not where we should be with God. The Bible says that these things are written so that the faith would come into our hearts so we would know. Now, the Bible says this. It says that whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I'd like to pray with you right now and call on the name of the Lord. And if you will pray this prayer from your heart, when you say amen, you're going to be forgiven. You're going to be right with God and you are going to be on your way to heaven. So would you right now, wherever you're at, if you can, I want you to pray these words out loud from your heart. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins and I believe he rose again, victorious over death, sin, and the devil. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. Jesus is my king. Jesus is my Lord, and I'm going to live for him. And I thank you. You've heard my prayer, that my past is gone, that I'm a part of your kingdom, and I am on my way to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you really are right with God. We will pray for you every day for the next month, and we'll get you some literature that'll help you in new year, new life. In fact, I wrote a book, especially for when you pray this prayer and make this decision to help you keep growing spiritually, and we will get you a free copy of that book. I want to thank you so much for being with us, and God bless you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can find it on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. If you have more questions on death, finances, children, relationships, or any other topics you would like us to cover, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through the app or email info at walkingbyfaith.tv. Walking by Faith is used on and off the air to change lives all around the world. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, please consider becoming a partner with us. You can either visit walkingbyfaith.tv slash give, text resgive to 94000 and select Walking by Faith in the menu, or select the giving icon in our app. Find us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and on your favorite social platform by searching for WBF TV. Also, check out our app in your favorite app store. You can download past sermons, follow along with notes, speak confessions over your life, and so much more. I pray that this message is able to help you grow in your faith to overcome any unbelief in your life. We'll see you again next time. Until then, be blessed.